your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can find me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so costs you exactly $0 and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off an extra special crossover episode this evening, I did want to tell you about one of our other great podcast series, if you're wondering who this season's top 50 NHL players are, you can find out on the Lockdown NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Lockdown NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss another show. Now, as I alluded to just a moment ago, on tonight's episode, we have a very special guest joining us from Locked On Arizona Coyotes. We have Robin, who is, of course, a Coyotes expert. Uh, Robin's been following this team for several years now, has a lot of reporting out on it, and is going to talk to us to give a, uh, a bit more insight into one of our upcoming Central Division opponents, really a newcomer to this division as the reorg has happened, and maybe give us a sense of what to expect once the Yotes finally make the Central. Without any further ado, let's get underway. So let's start off with, uh, again, questions for the Winnipeg Jets. So Harrison, this Jets team, uh, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, I mean, they seem to be doing pretty well. They you know, they swept Edmonton in the first round. And then something happened. Uh, is like, Do you think this might be a bad, uh, like, that was just a string of bad luck? Or do uh, you think you, we'll, see, we'll just see more of them playing well this year? Um, I think a lot of things kind of caved in for the Jets last year. Um, and, and really it's been a couple of years building. I think Winnipeg making the postseason has been a little bit of a smokescreen for deep seated issues with how the team is constructed and certainly how they often have been asked to play because the Jets are very keenly aware more than anyone else that when you look at the defense in prior seasons, not, not so good. Um, and that's putting it very mildly. Uh, let's be honest. We had like AHLers probably playing in top four roles at times. So I think Winnipeg has understood where it is, it's kind of been sitting for the past couple of years. But because Connor Hellebuck exists um, and guys like Kyle Connor and, and Nikolai Ehlers keep scoring boatloads of points, they've gotten away with a lot of the issues. But this offseason was probably the first time in forever where I felt like the Jets actually sat down, evaluated their issues, and got aggressive, uh, which is something that a lot of us have been asking for for a while. Um, I'll, I'll be a Jets homer on this one and say that I've been one of the folks who was kind of irritated by the Jets not really making a lot of roster moves because I think people have this impression that your cup window and your playoff competitiveness, it's going to last forever. Well, the Jets found out after 2017, 2018, that window super short. So now it feels like they're getting ready to get aggressive and to, and to start really building around the current core that they have, because last year they were, they were honestly hanging on by a thread. I know that the record probably looked okay, but I think 
and some people get a little bit spicy when I say this kind of stuff. Um, a lot of folks make jokes about the North Division not exactly being defensively attuned, but in terms of goaltending, the North was also pretty bad. So, you know, you were likely to see a lot of goals conceded, a lot of weaker teams struggling to uh, keep up offensively because they just kept conceding boatloads of goals. And I feel like the Jets kind of lucked out in a division that wasn't really as tough as the Central typically is. So this year, I think we're going to have to see more consistency from the Jets and not consistently bad play, but certainly break even or better. I think Winnipeg is capable of that. I, I don't know how the coaching staff is going to ask the Jets to be because typically they've been really conservative. Um, not a whole lot of support for the forwards. The defenders have typically sat back and not really been part of the play. And if they don't get away from that again this season, I could see it being a struggle to make the playoffs. Or if they do make the postseason, they kind of get knocked out in one of the earlier rounds. But if the Jets actually let them cut loose and do their thing, I would feel a little bit better about that. One of the biggest moves that I that the uh, I saw the Jets made, and this was not just in the offseason, this was not in the offseason, this was early in last season. But the only reason why I'm only getting to this now is because we, I mean, you and I haven't talked because, well, we were barred by those divisions. You were in the North, we were in the West. And uh, we didn't get a chance to see the trade that was sending Patrick Laine over to Columbus and Winnipeg getting Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's my, and, and that leads to the question, how has Pierre-Luc Dubois fit into the Winnipeg Jets organization? Dubois seems like a super nice guy, and I think in a lot of ways his temperament and personality is actually a pretty good fit for the Jets. Um, I think the biggest challenge for him is that the way that he plays and his approach to the game thus far hasn't really fit with how the Jets try to approach things. Oftentimes, I think you see him thinking about like a passing or a shooting lane in a specific, in a specific way, or he'll skate to a specific area of the ice, but his line mates don't always seem to be aware of his presence. And I feel like for him, it's kind of been a little bit challenging to figure out the best way to make an impact. I know that you see him uh, skating around and, and trying to make stuff happen. I think a lot of people are, are aware that he's trying to do stuff, but it's just been a difficult fit for him. And I think this year might be when we start to see him I don't know if I want to use the phrase breakout, but I think that might be what is the the closest approximation. I think he's going to have a much more well-rounded season. I feel like trying to cut in on a new squad, especially after everything that happened in Columbus, especially with the, the limited familiarity with how Winnipeg plays and some of the Jets' idiosyncrasies, I think it was a lot to expect him to, to hit the ground running. But even still, I was probably a little bit disappointed. I thought he might be a really strong physical body in front of the net and somebody who could be potentially a, a nice down low goal scorer didn't really happen that way this year though. I think we might see a little bit more out of him. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, another thing to, for me is uh, that, that I'm noticing I'm looking at your cat friendly page and it is the, you know, the question about goalies, obviously Connor Hellebuck is, you know, Connor Hellebuck. He's the He's your number one guy. Um, sees, see that, uh, Eric Comrie looks to be at least at number two, which obviously seems to beg the question that I get that you you're going true starter, true backup in this case, rather than rather than the uh, I guess now getting the more popular tandem. Is that just based at the trust in in Hellebuck and just overall how good of a goaltender he is? 
Yeah, I think there were probably a couple of considerations. For one thing, Brassois needed a raise, and the Jets didn't have a lot of cap space to work with. Uh, and, you know, they were probably thinking about Nate Schmidt and some of their other acquisitions, some of the extensions that they wanted to make. And Hellebuck has already proven that he, I mean, he's a Vezina winner. He's, I mean, he should have been a finalist last season. He didn't get that nod, but I, I think they know they have their guy in net, which there was some question a couple of years ago if he was capable of being that guy, but he has definitely silenced any doubts. I feel like the backup position is basically if you have to use it for more than like 15 games, there's probably a bigger issue. Um, like Hellebuck is injured and the team is just screwed no matter what. So I don't know. I feel like they've kind of taken their losses with this. They sort of understand that Comrie is probably not going to be much more than like a 905 save percentage kind of goalie, somebody that's very clearly the number two. You don't really want to see a lot of him. If you have to, there's going to be a much bigger concern about the overall season. But I guess on a personal level, I think I'm okay with it. I would like to see Comrie get some competition from some of the other goaltenders in camp. But if Eric ends up winning out, I think it's probably livable. We've talked at length about the Winnipeg Jets, and in just a moment, we're actually going to find out a little bit more about the Arizona Coyotes and what we might see from them next season. But before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirecTV.com for more information. Hey folks, welcome back to this crossover episode between the Locked on Coyotes and Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are joined by Robin, who is now going to uh, answer a couple of my questions and give us more insight into the Arizona Coyotes and what they're going to bring to the Central Division this season. Uh, I think the biggest question for me when it comes to the Arizona Coyotes is what even is the outlook of this team? I looked at the roster the other day and I realized I did not know who was playing for this team. I know some of the players, obviously, you know, Chikorin is, is still one of their mainstays if he hangs around. They've got Clayton Keller. 
but you, you look through the roster and, and after some of the recent transactions and stuff, I'm like, who the heck is even going to be playing and lacing up for this team next season? What do you think this team is going to look like or, or even what can they expect to do next year? Yeah, so th- this is a team that is 100% or, you know, just based off organizational wise, 100% committed to a rebuild. Um, this team um, is definitely not going to be looking to win very many games. And I think for a good reason, they um, they want to try to rebuild. And that's the reason why Bill Armstrong, their GM, went to go acquire as many draft picks as they, as they could. At this time of the recording, they have eight draft picks in the first two rounds of the 2022 draft, which is amazing. Three in the first round and five in the second round. Um, and that's that was the goal of Bill Armstrong from the very get-go. I very, I very well praised uh, his way of setting up the rebuild and doing all this and essentially acquiring contracts that were too much. You're getting players that kind of suck and kind of are overpaid, which obviously, you know, if you're going to rebuild, might as well get terrible contracts for a year and worry about it later on. Again, this is, this is how they're going to go for probably the next two years or so. Just a team that's trying to rebuild and focus on the future. And of course, uh, all of this kind of ties into recently a little bit of a sense of displacement with the team, especially getting booted out of the Gila river arena. Um, I think they have a, a new deal or something in place for at least a temporary location or something like that. I wasn't sure. Um, but, you know, long term, what is Arizona's outlook? I mean, I, I sounds like the, the NHL wants them to stay. I think that would be the NHL's preference from what it seems like. But do you see any scenarios where, you know, talks for Arizona relocating potentially start to pop up? I don't see a scenario in that case, especially because they just submitted a proposal to the city of Tempe to uh, build a new arena, an entertainment complex like um, and, and I think a lot of people would be interested to find this out. Those who um, are just in, in general huge sports fans is this entertainment complex and, and whole arena thing. They want to, the Coyotes are kind of in the city of Tempe, kind of want to model what they want to look out of it based off the Deer District from the, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks and how you saw that was during the NBA Finals. That's what they want out of this future arena. Obviously, it's, it's at this point, it's just a proposal. Finally submitted the city of Tempe. They have the next however many months that they want to do to look it over and decide whether or not they want to approve it. Luckily, the Kaiders are the only team that made a proposal for the spot that the city of Tempe opened up. And so if they decide to award a contract, it will be the Arizona Coyotes. And the Kaiders will have a new home uh, in in my, in my honest opinion, too, is the perfect spot. The city of Tempe, East Valley, is the perfect spot for the new a new home for the Arizona Coyotes. That's where all the fans are. They they put out they put a arena there. They're easily going to sell probably ninety percent of their tickets every game. And I think uh, my last question, kind of looking at a more short term picture, is you know for this upcoming season or so. Uh, with everything that's happened around the team and all of the movements and stuff, what players are you really hoping step up and lead the charge? Because now they kind of need to look for future leaders. They need to find players that can really uh, be representatives of the franchise and the brand. Who do you hope steps up and fills that void? So there are really three players who are future leaders of the Coyotes. These guys are going to be 
for the next captains, you know, one's going to wear the C, you know, and the other two are going to wear, wear an A until, you know, something more long-term comes into place. But Jacob Chikrin, Clayton Killer, and Nick Schmaltz, I think doesn't surprise me. Those guys have, those guys are top, you know, uh, well, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz, top six forwards easily. And Jacob Chikrin, a, you know, a almost Norris caliber defenseman at only 23 years old, which is phenomenal under a great contract. I think even so, like, I think he will be like that future captain, the person that I really want to see step up even more, take a bigger role. And obviously, especially because like he had to see his entire team, essentially all his quote, best friends get traded away, which is going to, I mean, obviously that probably is heartbreaking for him, but at the same time, he knows what the challenge that's ahead of him. And I really want to see him take advantage of that. Yeah. It seems like Arizona is going to try and work to build around this current group and, and start supplementing. I mean, they've made lots of moves to plan for the future. So hopefully it all pans out for him. I really hope so too. Um, and then obviously when they go through the, uh, go through the rebuild process, if they get those first overall pick, I think that will set things up even more nicely. Um, knowing how deep the next the uh, the next draft is, I am looking forward to that part as well. Thanks to Robin. I think we all have a much clearer understanding of what Arizona's uh, at least near term and perhaps long term plan is. But for the both of us, we still have a couple of thoughts on the overall season progression and how we think both Winnipeg and Arizona are going to perform this year. Before we give you our season predictions, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why RockAuto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's interview with Robin from Locked on Arizona Coyotes with a few thoughts and expectations from this upcoming season. Those who have been following me for the last few, for the last few episodes 
know that uh, the Coyotes are probably going to be in last place by an extremely long, long, uh, long way. Um, I think there might be a massive point gap between them and seventh place. It wouldn't surprise me because um, the Central Division this year is going to look pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I guess my thought this year was the the Central has a lot of really decent teams. I I think outside of Colorado, I wouldn't say that it's like an excellent, excellent division, but the middle pack of this division is going to be really frustrating for teams like Arizona uh, or anyone who starts to fall behind early in the race. I mean, you've got like a lot of really solid defensive teams. You've got squads that recently won championships. Um, the Blues, of course, are, are the main squad that I would be thinking of. Minnesota's tough. You've got Nashville. That's a very annoying team to play. And it kind of seems like they want to reshape some of their offensive identity, maybe be a little bit more aggressive. You've got whatever the heck the Blackhawks are. I don't even know anymore. That whole team is a disaster. I don't even mess with that. But I, I think they're going to probably be still a pain to play. Um, and it kind of leaves me interested to know which of these teams is going to push for like a top three spot. I feel like Winnipeg is well set up to actually get into that range. Uh, but in terms of actually pushing past the middle of the pack and breaking into that top unit, I feel like my impression is it's going to be Colorado by a decent margin and then a bunch of crap in between. And then like Chicago and Arizona, was that kind of your thought? Um, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of with you on that. I, I think I had Chicago a little bit higher. I, um, but yeah, I, th- those, those middle teams, those middle, uh, six teams are to me, I think are like, it, it, it could really go anyway, especially with Chicago's acquisition to me, Chicago's acquisition of Mike Andre Fleury. Um, obviously getting a goaltender of that caliber could really make a, a huge difference. Obviously the goaltender doesn't make the entire difference, but I mean, it's Mark andre Fleury. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see which version they get of him because, like, there was the version that, you know, last season was a Vezina caliber goalie. Uh, and then there's, like, the version of him where he just really struggles on basic reads and shots for some reason and seemingly has issues uh, maintaining his crease depth and stuff. And so, it, you know, I don't think we'll see that version. I think he'll be pretty good. But his workload is going to be pretty difficult. I mean, that Chicago defense and the forward grouping in front of him Honestly, kind of like the Coyotes, I don't actually know who plays for Chicago these days other than a couple of like really standout names. Um, I know that they recently extended like Connor Murphy for four years. And one of my friends who was like uh, a Philadelphia Flyers fan was like, who is Connor Murphy? And I think that says a lot about the team. Um, kind of tell that there's a lot of transition with that squad. But yeah, no, I mean, this division is weird. I think for me, and I'd be curious to know which teams you've picked, but I think the, the two teams that I'm most interested in to keep track of for the central are Nashville and Minnesota. Those are my two um, really sneaky underdog teams. Yeah, those are, those are pretty solid teams. Minnesota is going to be an interesting one. I think on a lot of people's radars, mainly because um, I actually just saw, they just signed finally Kirill Kaprizov, which I think is going to put a lot of strain on a lot of people's hearts here in the central division, because we saw how good he was last year. Um, and he's just like, well, are we going to keep seeing more of that? I guess uh, this, that's just going to be an absolute blast. Nashville's another interesting one, like you said. Um, they didn't have a good last year. They, in fact, they they had a terrible start. 
kind of picked things up, but that division last, I mean, the divisions last year were so weird that like they played the talent that they played was another issue, but I'm, yeah, it's, it really is something else to me. Yeah. And I, I've tried to think of uh, a way to project. And I think because of the weirdness of last season, I've had a hard time really, I don't want to read too much into the results of last season because again, you've got a really skewed sample size teams had a lot of weird situations going on. And so I'm basically throwing darts at a board and hoping from like previous years, this is kind of on point. Um, but I could definitely see, I think Winnipeg will be fighting for a top three spot. I think they'll make it the blues. I, I don't really know what to make of St. Louis. I feel like that's a team that I could see really falling down the rankings, not like last place or even seventh or anything, but I feel like when it comes to the middle pack of, of the central they're a squad that I think has enough gaps starting to show. It might be difficult for them. I think they have some young talent that could filter in and, and reverse the direction. But overall, the Blues for me are a weird squad. I feel like I don't believe in them for some reason. Not yet, at least. The Blues are going to... A lot of uh, Blues fans who, who might be listening, if they are listening, just know that uh, they don't... They, I know they don't like the Coyotes because for some reason they could not play. They can't play well against the Coyotes. No, no one knows why. <laughs> it's just the way that it's been. Um, the last, I mean, especially this last season, they have the Coyotes went. You know, they went. They went like seven games straight against each other last year, and somehow the Coyotes came out on top. I didn't know how that happened. Um, this is probably going to be different because Coyotes lost a lot of people, but still. Um, if the Coyotes can beat them again, like that does say, that will say a lot. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And actually, I forget who who's coaching the Coyotes. That was one thing that I, I was trying to remember who it is now because talk it's out. So uh, it's Andre Thorny. He was the head coach of the Ottawa Sixty Sevens last year. Oh, so we have uh, some fresh blood. So this this is kind of an interesting thing. I think Arizona is now going to be playing a little bit with house money, I guess. And whenever I've seen teams with house money, like come into divisions and, and kind of just mess things up. That always seems to throw a monkey wrench last year, the Ottawa senators. I know that the senators were kind of embarrassing, but I think people who didn't actually watch them didn't see how hard they, they made every game. I mean, some of the margins were down to really poor goaltending, but honestly, the team itself was not as bad as people thought it was. It actually played capable hockey. So I'm curious to know, I, I think Arizona's got a much better goaltending backup group or, or, um, tandem, I guess, uh, that they're using now, um, even if they've moved. I think, was it Kemper is, that, is gone now? Kemper, uh, Ranta, and Hill, all gone. Yeah, who's in that, who's in that for the Arizona Coyotes? Carter Hutton. Okay, I, I might have to back off a little bit on my, my prediction for the goaltending. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so I, I think it's going to be a strange season for them, but, you know, it's they have no expectations other than just try and go out put on a good show, I think, and, and certainly make a couple of fans happy. So if that's kind of where you're starting from, I guess it can only go up from there. But hey, as I've, as I've been saying the last few days, like I, like I got, I've got a good chance to look at their def, the defense coming up. The defense is going to look really good. That's what I'm excited for. Um, cause yeah, they got, I'm, a, I'm a big chicken fan, so I, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. Well, not only that, they also picked up Shane Gossespierre and Connor Timmons over the offseason. So... Those are, I mean, obviously, Gossespierre is a little overpaid, and like 
I'm like, I think he's looking just for a rebound season and let's see if that if that's possible. Connor Timmons, we don't know. He, he is a high level prospect and finally coming in out off that Kemper trade. Um, but that's all, that's the Coyote silver lining for this upcoming season. It's that it's their defense. And with these expectations and things we're looking forward to covered, that is actually going to close out our special conversation with Locked on Coyotes. If you want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Coyotes news, be sure to follow Robin's account on Twitter at R-O-B-L-E-A-N-O-1, and then the podcast handle, which is L-O underscore Coyotes. We're so thankful you all could join us for this special crossover episode. Thank you so much for listening. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts, Locked on Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.